We'll take a minute. We're going to measure a minute. I want you to get up and go find a young person and, and speak God into their life and let them share the joy with you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Greet, greet a young person. They're in the back. It's okay. Praise God. Did everybody find a young person? Okay. You feel better about it? Does it bring joy to your heart? See the smiles in their faces? Oh, that's the blessing that we have. And then the even littler ones coming up. We look forward to them too. Praise God. Like this little beautiful boy right here. The red sweater. Nice. Mommy dressed him. My wife dresses me, so nothing really changes. <laughs> so, that's good. I praise God for that too. So today is Youth Sunday. The message is entitled, Intentionally Living for God. Ephesians Ephesians 5, 15 to 20 will be our central verse. Uh, I will be, when I share the scriptures, it will be out of the New King James, so it will be a little different than what we read here today. But today is Youth Sunday, and you, as you can see, so many beautiful and talented and gifted young people that we have. just brings a smile to my face when I see them up here singing. I see Josh doing what Josh does best. I, we have many other kids that are going to be doing different things today. They really bring a a joy to my heart. And they have the honor to serve you and to serve the Lord today. Today is Youth Sunday, it's true. But it's their invitation to serve you and to pour out themselves to God as well. And our prayer is that when they leave this church, meaning when they leave here, as our prayer for all of you, that when you leave this church, the serving God and serving each other doesn't stop. It only begins. LBC, Limbrook Baptist Church, which is where we are, right? Is that where we are? Oh, good. I'm glad I'm in the right place. Limbrook Baptist Church has a youth ministry. It's called Soul Fire. It meets up there. We have a youth room. It's not a dungeon. It's a youth room. And we meet from 6 to 8 on Sunday nights. Not tonight, but every other Sunday night we will be meeting up in the youth room. We don't have a youth pastor here. But I know the church, we have a youth uh, pastor search committee. They're diligently, diligently working uh, to pray. And as we all need to pray that God brings that person who's going to be our youth pastor for many years to come. However, the Lord provides, does he not? 
Amen? When we say the Lord provides, can we just say that? Does the Lord provide when there is a need? The Lord provides. And what the Lord provided was a homegrown man who was raised in the youth ministries and served in the youth ministries in this very church. And when the call came to take the lead in the youth ministry, Harry D'Antona stepped out of the boat. He stepped, he stepped out of his boat, right? You're walking on water, but you don't know. He stepped out of his boat. It's so appropriate that Steve said that today. He stepped out of his boat in faith. He stepped up for the youth and he stepped up for the Lord. And he said this to me in the very beginning, and I'll always remember it. He said, John, I love Jesus, and I love these kids. That's a great place to start right there. I love Jesus, and I love these kids. I am truly blessed, and the youth are truly blessed for the love and the fun and the godly teaching that Harry brings every Sunday night, to every each week, to the youth ministry. And because of that, the youth ministry is striving and thriving because Harry chose to serve God with his life. He chose to serve God with his life. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's give a round of applause again. Not only to Harry, but to the youth as well. Harry's theme for the youth in these first few months is being intentional for God. To set time apart. To set apart time. To, uh, to set apart worldly actions. And then... Put God first, to push this, put aside the worldly, the world, put aside the distractions of the world and bring an intentionality to focus upon God in our lives. To intentionally have time to pray, to intentionally have time to read God's word, to encourage others, to be thankful. There's an intentionality to worship that we're working on every Sunday night. And we even, parents, we set apart a, a specific time around Thanksgiving, where we instilled upon our kids to intentionally love our parents. Amen? We did that for you. We did it for you. It was set apart to intentionally love their parents. Now, a few weeks ago, Harry brought a jewel of the Scripture on intentionally living for God, Ephesians 5, 15 to 20. So when I was asked to preach this, this very morning... That's the, the scripture that the Spirit spoke to me and said, that's the message that I want you to share. That's the scripture that I want you to share with the church this morning. So turn, if you would, in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5. We will look at most of the chapter in, in parts, but our focus will be on verses 15 to 20. Again, it's the New King James, but you can turn to any Bible to read. Starting at verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time where the days are evil. Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, which is dispensation, but be filled with the Spirit speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and make melody in your hearts and to the Lord. Give thanks always for all things to God and the Father in our name of our Lord Jesus Christ. The first 
point I'd like to show you is from verse 15 and 16. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. The Apostle Paul brings within these verses a key command for you, a key command for you to consider for your New Year's resolution for 2020. I'm combining a little bit of everything here today. The New Year's resolution for you in 2020 will be several within this message. It is watch how you live. Watch how you live. See then, it says in the scripture, watch, be diligent, open your eyes and pay attention to how you are living. See then that you walk. Walk is scriptural language for life. It is scriptural language for living. Because walking is an action and you live in that action. You live for God or you live for yourself. That's how you walk. That's how you live. For good or for evil. And how you walk in this life, the scripture says, must be done circumspectly. Now, better word, easily more translated, it must be done carefully. You must watch carefully how you live. That is the key for today. God wants you to be careful, to be wise in your steps and with your actions. Satan, he wants the exact opposite. God wants you to be careful with your steps and take your time. Satan wants you to be reckless, to go forth blindly, don't even pay attention, just move as fast as you want to go. Do whatever it is that appeals to you and feels good. But and, and as you're doing that, and as you're not even thinking about it, you're not even paying attention to the time, you're just doing it. And what's happening is you're not recognizing that it's slowly enslaving you and destroying you in the choices that you're making. Satan brings all pleasure and all forms of sin in rapid succession. So before you even know it, you're trapped. Before you even know it, there's penalty. Before you even know it, you're destroyed. You think all things are going good. Nothing is going good, but you're not paying attention because he's got it going so fast. He brings one thing right after the other, right after the other, until you don't know what's going on. And you're enslaved and you're harmed. That's the way Satan works. He doesn't want you thinking. He doesn't want you being careful. He doesn't want you watching. But God does. God wants you to be watching. So what is the Christian to do? What is the Christian to do? Ready, Long Island? This is hard for us. We've got to take our... T- Ready? Let's say it down with you. Slow down. Say it with me, people. Say it. Slow down. Slow down. Redeem the time. Redeem the time. Slow down. And you know what the beautiful thing is? You're doing it right now. You don't even recognize it, do you? That's the beautiful thing about coming to church. God has set apart a time that we can slow down. And we can come into his sanctuary and we can rest and we can sing and then we can listen to his word, have it fill into our lives and then springboard us into life. That's the beauty of coming to church. And they say this, they say, I've heard this said, seven days without prayer makes one week. Well, going to church one week or missing church, believe me, you're going to feel it. So set apart that time and use this time to slow down. And if by any chance, and, and then, you know, God even brings another thing along the way. 
there's a thing called Wednesday night, right? What happens on Wednesday night? Prayer meeting. Prayer meeting. So you need to slow down. Some people call it the hump, meaning get over the hump day, right? Well, prayer is in the middle of the week so that you can slow down. Set apart that time and pour forth prayer to God. And you will be rejuvenated. You will be excited. You will see miracles that God is doing. If you haven't come to prayer meeting, come this Wednesday night. Please come. Please come. Sunday, and these are things that God has given to us. He gave us a church to help us to slow down. And sometimes we get very busy with our life. But redeem the time. Redeem is another great biblical word. Our great redeemer is who? Jesus. Very good, class. Very good. Jesus is our great redeemer because he has bought back our lives and our soul at a price. And that price was on the cross. He is our great redeemer. He bought it back for us. And when we accept the price that Jesus paid on that cross for our salvation, then we are saved. Then are we saved? We are, only, we are his child. We are blessed as his child. And it's all because of what Jesus has done for us. Amen? He redeemed our soul and our life. We can redeem the time back for him. So child of God, guess what though? You're saved and you're a child of God, but you still live in this world. Don't we live in this world? That's what Steve was saying. Steve said a lot of great things there. He was like going right into my message. He didn't even know it. Praise God, the Spirit was working. But, but again, we still live in this evil days of this world, but God wants you to redeem the time. The Greek word for time here is karios, meaning a decisive moment in time. The NIV translation reads it like this, making the most of every opportunity. God wants you to watch every moment, to watch every moment, every step that you walk, every minute that you have in life is a gift from God and is precious to God and should be to you as well. It should be you as well. Time is so precious. The youth have a blessing, do they not? The youth have a blessing of time, a blessing of energy, a blessing of health. Their whole life is right in front of them. They have their whole life in front of them. But I challenge the youth. I exhort these. I challenge them. Every young person look at me now. Everybody's looking at me? I hope so. Every challenge, uh, the challenge is for the young person here. Live each moment for God. Don't waste time on sinful pleasures and things that distract you. That's what, that's what Harry's been pushing in youth group, working on getting away from the distractions that distract you from God. Because you know what will happen? Days will go, hours will go by, days will go by, months will go by, years will go by, and you haven't done anything with God. Satan has distracted you so greatly that you haven't done anything with God, and you're no step closer to him. Consider this. Consider how much time is given in the day to the iPhone or to the computer. Preach it, brother, not only, not only for the young people, but for myself as well, and for us as well, because our kids are doing what they watch us do. Okay, so consider this. Consider how much time you use on the iPhone or the computer and compare it to how much time you have given to God. Ask yourself, to, to, wit, to that which I have given my time, am I being productive? Am I better? Am I blessed? Am I closer to God? 
because of it. I'll share this with you. This is my confession time. I'll share this with you. I can spend a day watching Netflix. I can spend a day watching Netflix. Or I can spend an hour with God. And I'll share this with you. My hour with God is a far greater blessing, much more productive, and a better way for me to be. And I would love to turn that hour into more hours, but there's so many distractions, I confess. But consider this. It is us for us to redeem our time, to buy back the time and give it to God as a gift. Let your prayer be each morning to commit each moment of your day to God. Each opportunity that God brings to you and make the most of your time before God. Now, if this is your mission and your purpose and you decide to make this a New Year's resolution, praise God. But now look at verse 17. Hear this. So do not be unwise, but be wise. But understand what the, what the Lord's will is. So commit yourself to not only watching and be careful with your life, but commit yourself to understanding what the Lord's will is. To know and to understand the Lord's will is an intentionality of purpose. And it scares so many Christians. It scares so many Christians to inactivity. It paralyzes people. It paralyzes them to inactivity. <coughs> Beware of Satan. Beware of Satan here. Satan will try to do this to you. He'll try to convince you that you, he'll try to convince you that you can never understand God's will or know God's will so you shouldn't even try. So you know, you can't even try so you do what you want to do because Satan is convinced you you cannot understand nor could you ever know exactly what God's will is for you. Satan did this to Eve. He said, are you sure that God does not want you to eat from that tree? Are you sure? Why would he want not want you to eat from that tree? Is it because he, if you eat from that tree, you'll be like God, and God doesn't want that? So is it really his will that you don't eat from that tree? Satan will do this to you. He'll say to you, what is God's will? What, is, what, what really is God's will? Is, what, is it to go here, to go there, to do this, to do that, or to have this job or have that job, or to go out with this person and not go out with that person, or to really serve in this ministry? Maybe that's not your calling. Maybe that's not what you're supposed to do. Maybe you don't need to worry about it. Maybe you can spend eight hours in front of Netflix. Maybe, you know, it's not really God's will that you spend an hour with God. You can spend like ten minutes with God. But, you know, God, Satan brings confusion into your life. He brings confusion. How can you know what God's will is? So you can't, so just do it. That's how Satan brings the confusion to you. He brings it to you. God is not confusing. God is not confusing. He is simple and he is clear. God's will is simple and clear and God wants you to know and to understand his will for your life. God gave you his simple and clear will in his love letter to you, into his life manual for you. For his will and purpose for your life has been written down for you. It is called the Holy Bible. God gave this to us as a gift for us to know what his will and purpose is for our life. Now, if you never read this, then you will never know. You will never know. Because God speaks through his word. And his word is clear. 
So God gave not only he gave his word, but even more, God gave you his spirit to lead you to Jesus and to all truth. So he leads you, the Holy Spirit leads you to Jesus. You accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And then the Holy Spirit dwells you. And the Holy Spirit, Jesus promised, leads you into all truth. So you have the Bible and you have the Holy Spirit that leads you in all truth. And even more than that, there's even more. Can you believe it? There's even more. God gave you the gift of prayer. So that if you need to talk to your good Heavenly Father, boy, your good Father, that's a great song right there. If you need to talk to Him, He's always there. Anywhere, anytime, He wants to talk to you. He wants to talk to you and He wants you to talk to Him. You can't figure something out, bring it to Him. And he will bring you the answer. He will bring it to you. And even more than that, there's even more. Can you believe it? There's even more. I say to you, there's even more. Not only is he giving you his word, not only is he giving you his spirit, not only has he given you prayer, there's even more. God has given you a family of fellow Christians. He's given you a church. And this church that you belong to is one that's committed to bringing you up in the faith, so you grow in your faith. You don't know what God's will is? Talk to others. Talk to other Christians. Bounce it off them. See where God will speak and how God will instruct, and God will bring it to you. He will bring it to you. He has done so much for you. God gave you a family of Christians, a church, for you to be protected, for you to be nourished, for you to grow in your faith. Now, for starters today, you want to know what God's will is? Well, the Apostle Paul gets us started. First, what the will of, will of God is not. Chapter 5, verses 3 to 5. But fornication and all uncleanliness and covenants, let it not even be named among you, as it is fitting for the saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather give thanks. For this you know, that no fornicator unclean person nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of God. I have this at work. At work, I work in a union office where there is cursing more than there is regular speaking. Okay? There's cursing more than there's regular speaking. And I have one, one, one co-worker of mine, she says, I don't curse because I want to go to heaven. That's what she's convinced. I don't curse because I, I want to go to heaven. Now, I use, every time she says that, I use the opportunity to share the gospel. Not cursing is not going to get you to heaven. Jesus is going to get you to heaven. He paid the price. He redeemed you already. The way you get to heaven, just so we're clear, is you put your faith and your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and Him alone for your salvation. Call upon His name and you will be saved. Let's just get that right out of the way. I'll keep coming back to it. I, when you hear me, I don't know if any of you have heard me before, I'll say that many times. Okay? That's the way you're saved, and that's what I share with her every time I talk to her. Every time she brings it up, she still brings it up. But what is clear to me, though, is this. It is clear that it is God's will for me and for you that we are not supposed to be cursing. That it is a violation of God's will for us that we are supposed to be cursing. That's clear within these scriptures. Clear and simple. Clear and simple. So let's look now at what the will of God is. Verses 8 to 11. Chapter 5, still the Apostle Paul. Thank you very much, Apostle Paul. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for bringing us his word. For you were once in darkness, 
but now you are the light of the world, light of the Lord. I just got to say, I love that word, but. It's my favorite biblical word, but. But you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light, for the fruit of the Spirit is all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord, and having no fellowship with the unfaithful works of darkness, but rather expose them. As a Christian, walk in the light of God. That is God's will, that you walk in his light. Not in the light of the world. Not in the darkness of the world. It's pretty clear to see. It's, 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 not a, it's not a confusing choice. There's God's light and there's the darkness of the world. And you know that it's there. Walk in the light of God and not the ways of the world and be guided by the Holy Spirit. Verse 9 again. For the fruit of the Spirit is all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Galatians 5, 22 and 23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Long-suffering, which is patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All Christians who belong to Jesus, who have confessed and have Jesus as the Lord and Savior, I got some great news for you. You ready to hear it? You all have the Holy Spirit. The day that you gave your heart and your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, God came down and the Holy Spirit indwelt you permanently and will never leave you or forsake you. He is always there. You have the Holy Spirit within you. He's indwelt within you. And yet the Apostle Paul says in verse 18, he commands the Christian, he says, be filled with the Spirit. Verse 18. Be filled with the Spirit. Well, what does this mean? Whoa. What does this mean? Does this mean that I have more spirit, I have more of the Holy Spirit than you? And that you have more of the Holy Spirit than me? Is that what it means? Is that what it means? No. Amen? No. That's not what it means. To be filled with the Spirit is to listen and to be led by the Holy Spirit in your life. To be filled with the Spirit is to listen and be led by the Holy Spirit in your life. I'll confess another confession to you. When I choose not to listen to the Holy Spirit, when I choose not to listen to the voice of God, but I listen to the voice of the world, and, the, and I do the ways of the world, and I walk away from God, which is my choice to do, even as His child, doesn't mean the Holy Spirit's not speaking to me. I'm not listening. I refuse to listen. I don't hear the Holy Spirit. I don't see the Holy Spirit at work. Nor do I care that the Holy Spirit is still calling me back to repentance, even as I'm in the middle of my rebellion before God. God is always calling me back, and I'm just not listening. And God sees further and further away. And then I have to ask God. I say, where are you, God? Where are you, God? You know what? God answers me. And sometimes he answers me on the radio as I'm listening to the K-Love in the morning. And he says this, he says, I'm still here. I'm the God who stays. I'm running to you and you're running away from listening to the leading of the Holy Spirit in your life. And then when I break down and I finally repent and then I, I choose to walk again with the Lord 
in my life. And I start praying more and I start reading my Bible again. And I start filling my, my life and my, my mind with the things of God and the Word of God. When I start committing myself to truly serving Him with my life. Not just doing stuff in church, but really giving it to the Lord and then doing it for Him. When I want to do that, when I'm really walking with Him again, then I see the Holy Spirit again at work. The Holy Spirit's always been there. But now my eyes and my ears are open to what the Holy Spirit is doing. And I, re- I remember that God is always at work, and God never leaves me or forsakes me. He doesn't give up on me, and he doesn't give up on you. He never will. You are his child. He will not let you go. He will not let you go. So here's a question. Are you ready, class? And you can answer this question. Are you ready? Who in the Bible had the fullest measure of the, and the complete measure of the Holy Spirit? Who in the Bible had the fullest and complete measure of the Holy Spirit? Oh, I didn't hear it. The back row there. Say it again. They didn't hear you. You've got to say it louder. Who, 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 who? Jesus! Come on, people. Come on. All right. I'm going to have to ask you all to stand up to get some exercise. All right. Jesus. Now, why is that? Why is that? Well, you don't have to answer that. I'll say this to you. Jesus is the reason why. Because in his humanity, Jesus was careful with how he lived. He watched every step. He walked with God and spent each moment and every opportunity that God provided and gave to him was to serve his Father. Every moment of his life was dedicated to his Father's will. Jesus listened and was led by the Spirit and always obeyed. The Spirit, it said, is the one that led Jesus into the desert to be tempted for 40 days and 40 nights by the devil. Jesus knew that wasn't going to be fun. That wasn't a vacation in Florida. But Jesus knew that he was being led by the Spirit for a reason and a purpose, and he went and he did it. He always was obedient. He always listened to the Spirit. He was always obedient. He listened and was led by the Spirit. Jesus awoke every morning, early in the morning, and would go to a quiet place and would talk with his Father. He would talk with his Father, and he would, he would, get, he would understand, and he would know what the will of his Father was, and then he would spend every moment of that day doing what the Father wanted him to do. So Jesus had the full and complete measure of the Holy Spirit because he was completely obedient to God. And this was done for our blessing and for our benefit. Amen? Amen. What is the outward proof that one is filled with the Holy Spirit? What is the outward proof? It is this. It is a life and having a walk with God that is clearly seen it's a matter of the heart belonging to Christ and expressed through godly words and godly actions. And it is the surrender of your life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Verses 19 and 20 speak to this. Say this. Chapter 5, verses 19 and 20. Be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul expresses the importance of speaking and singing so that the voice of the Holy Spirit can be heard by the unbeliever as well as the believer. 
alike. For out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Luke 6.45 The heart in life is that which is filled by the Spirit, speaks of the Spirit in their life. Instead of words of hate, instead of words and actions of filth and cursing and covetedness, there are from your words spiritual songs that are spoken into the lives of others. You speak, you speak faith. You speak scripture into people's lives. You build people up, not tear them down. You, tell, you speak of words of love and not anger and hate. And when you, are, when you are filled with the Spirit, you speak words again into people's lives. You say to them this when times are hard. You say to them this when you share them in basic conversation. You say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. God leads you. He restores you. He protects you. He provides for you. And you have nothing to fear, you tell them. You have nothing to fear because God is with you and He loves you. Now all this you shared with them came from, the, from six verses in Psalm 23. That's speaking spiritual songs. Letting the Spirit speak to someone else and speak to yourself. And when you are filled with the Spirit, you do this. When you are filled with the Spirit, you worship and you praise and you give thanks always. And in every circumstance, you find yourself worshiping and praising God. Now, this is hard. Amen. It is. It is. It is hard. It is hard. Thank you for saying it. It's true. It's so true. But God wants to bring us there. He brings us there slowly. Sometimes he brings us there slowly. Because sometimes God wants you to, I don't understand it. I don't have the answer for it. He wants you to experience something so you can see him on the other side. And recognize that even in the hardest of times, there is the glory of God on the other side. So he brings you there in the hardest of circumstances. But a person who is filled with the Spirit, even though they don't understand it, they pray. And in, in time, God is patient, and he brings you to the place of understanding. He brings you to that place of understanding. There's things I can't even imagine going through, but people go through with God. But yet I hear from them. Not words of complaining, but words of contentment. Whether things are hard or whether things are good, they still turn to God. They turn to God. And that's when the Spirit is speaking through them, saying, I'm here, I'm here. And you're here as well, and as long as you draw breath, you can praise the Lord. You can praise the Lord. And God will fill you with His Spirit and give you the ability to go through the hardest of times. But but the Spirit is always there with you. You just need to turn. You need to turn to the Holy Spirit. Turn to God and trust that He is there. Turn and trust He's there. And you sing out in your worship, in your praise, and be filled with the Spirit. You sing out so that the rocks don't have to. Amen? We sing out so that the rocks don't have to. You are rejoicing in the Lord always, and you're being thankful to the Lord and your testimony for what God is doing in your life. What the Spirit is speaking speaks through you. You're a Christian. The greatest testimony you have for the Lord is what you speak to in your life to someone else. How you handle what God gives to you to have. And you're a testimony to the joy of the Lord. This is the intentionality that the youth ministry is pressing upon the young people. And may it be your commitment as well. Be careful how you live. 
redeem the time and live each moment for God. Know and understand the will of God and listen and be led by the Holy Spirit to be filled with the Spirit and to express the Spirit's work and words and actions in your life. Now my final point is the most important one. So I know it's, you've been sitting here a while. I appreciate it. It's been a great congregation. Praise God for it. But here's my final point. I want you to hear it. Please open your heart to this. My final point is the most important one. To live intentionally for God. You must intentionally belong to God by surrendering your heart and your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's an intentional act of the heart and the will to have Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. If Jesus is not your Lord and your Savior, which He openly comes and He says, I have brought you here to hear this. No matter what you're going through, no matter how you think you're so far away from God, you are a second away from being my child. Satan will convince you, say, there's no way. There's no way. doesn't matter. Your life is terrible. There's no way God can ever love you. I tell you this, in a second you'll be a child of God. To intentionally live for God, intentionally surrender and belong to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Surrender your heart and your life to Him. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus rose from the dead and that He is your Lord and your Savior and you will be saved. Do so today. For as the Apostle Paul warns in verse 16, the days are evil. Another way to understand that, the days are short. And life is short and death can come at any time and in any moment. Don't wait for tomorrow. Do it today. Let today be the day of your salvation. About two weeks ago, while I was getting ready for work, I had on the news. And on the news, I heard this just just in one half an hour period of time. I heard four stories on the news. I heard drunk driver kills Boy Scouts walking home. I heard 18-year-old college student stabbed to death in the park. I heard tornadoes take out a town. I heard debris falls from a building in Manhattan and kills a woman who's just walking on the street. Now, what does this tell you? It tells you that life is short, so live carefully. Redeem the time. Know and understand God's will and be filled with the Holy Spirit. But most importantly, give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ today. Have Him to be your Lord and your Savior, and you will be in His hands. And He will never leave you or forsake you, and you will be with Him on earth as His child and in eternity for all time. It's a tremendous gift, and it's yours today. It's yours today. Let's pray. Sal, I'm going to ask you to pray. Sal, could you stand up, please, and, and, and say a prayer?
do with everything we do. Yes, we're distracted. Yes, we have things we would like to do. Son, this is your honor and glory. So thank you this morning, Father, for this message. Lord, let us carry it with us as we live in this place and live it every day. And that's what we remember that's going to be. Amen. Amen. I'll call on Yael to come and give announcements for us.